The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision-makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. Our executive producer, Maureen McMurray, has suddenly turned into a food and writing researcher. I have. I'm finding incredible connections between writers and food. What what have you got this week? This week, did you know that Sylvia Plath, aside from writing poetry obsessively, that she was also an avid baker and would collect recipes and would just like religiously read cookbooks. The joy of cooking was something that she would read often. And she even wrote in her one of her journals, how I love to cook. That is so interesting, especially because she seemed to have such a complicated relationship with domesticity. And and I totally get it. I love to cook, too. And I have no excuse of writing brilliant poetry or raising two children by myself like Sylvia Plath did. But now we have Blue Apron. And for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers to your door all the pre-portioned ingredients to make amazing, delicious home-cooked meals. So especially for really busy people, It's kind of a no-brainer. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash 10 minute. That's the number 10 minute. You will love how it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash 10 minute. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I'm going to wait until this car back. (laughs) This is really, I'm sorry. It's not quite such a quiet (laughs) church as we thought. Hello, it's the 10-Minute Writers Workshop. Virginia Prescott here with Tom Gold, the cartoonist and illustrator who's done comics and covers for The New Yorker, The Believer, The New York Times, and other publications. His weekly cartoon about the arts for The Guardian newspaper is a wry, often deadpan favorite among writers. Tom is extremely prolific, an author of more than a dozen books of comics, including You're Just Jealous of My Jetpack and, most recently, Moon Cop. The Lunar Cop is a perfectly gaudy character. He doesn't say very much. He spends a lot of time walking on a barren landscape and seems kind of lonesome, a little existential and kind of quaint. I was so excited to meet with Tom Gold before his talk at the Harvard Bookstore in Cambridge, Massachusetts, just about an hour's drive from our studio here at NHPR. The challenge was finding a quiet spot to record in Harvard Square at rush hour. After tromping around like moon cop searching for a lost dog, we ended up in the most obvious place of all, Harvard Yard. I'm Tom Gold, and this is the 10 Minutes Writer's Workshop. How do you begin? With an image or an idea? It could be either, actually. Although I suppose an image is an an idea. So I suppose it does start as an idea, which is perhaps neither a picture or some words. And then I try and capture that idea in my sketchbook with a mixture of drawing and writing. And I get as much as I can into the sketchbook and then hopefully the whole thing grows out of those sketchy doodles and notes. So how much plotting and planning do you do before you start? Or does it happen sort of as you're doing it? Well... It's tricky with comics because it is two, you are writing with two different languages, the, the language of words and the language of pictures. So I tend to have a few different notebooks on the go, one where I'm writing script, almost like a movie script, and then another one where I'm designing the sets and the objects and the characters. 
and then a third one where I'm making very rough page layouts and trying to think how the story will look on the page. And I try and work on them all simultaneously because I think comics are about all three of those things. Do you share your work ever with anyone else before you hand it in? Never with the short cartoons. I think if I started doing that, I'd start second-guessing and editing myself and looking at people to see if they were laughing enough. And I, I think I'd get into knots with that. But with Moon Cop and the other book I wrote, Goliath, I wrote a first draft and then had a few trusted people read it. Because I think with a longer thing, the, there's more to kind of keep your eye on and it's good to have somebody else checking it over. What's your best environment for doing your work? I have a studio where I go to work every day and I, I like to, I'm a morning person so I like to get started nice and early and try and draw some cartoons as soon as I can. And if I get stuck there, I'll take a walk, go to a coffee shop and work in my sketchbook there. And I think that combination of a change of surroundings, some caffeine and some movement almost always has some good effect on what I'm working on. What's your worst distraction from getting your work done? Um, my, worst, my worst habit is putting things aside when they're not working and not pushing on through it. And so I guess the distractions are the things which I really could leave till later. I sort of think, I sort of think with my cartoons, most, most of the other things, the admin, the replying to emails, all those things, I can do them anytime. And I should, I always tell myself, I should push them away. And when I'm ready to work, just do the work. Do you work, you said you get up in the morning and start, do you have certain rituals and a schedule of, I have to work X amount of hours, that kind of thing? Not really. I mean, the, the important thing is getting started. If I come in and I start answering emails straight away, then that can totally spoil things. So I try and get started, get drawing, and start making things, just doodling in my sketchbook as quickly as I can. So you write your own comics as well as, you know, not everybody does that. Some people just illustrate them, work with a colorist, you do it all by yourself. And you seem to have a lot of empathy for writers. Where did that come from? I think they're quite similar... Uh, things, making cartoons, even being an illustrator and being a writer, it's something you generally do on your own quietly. It's not a terribly glamorous process, it's not like making a movie when there's loads of people around and it looks exciting, it's just a person sitting quietly at a desk moving their hands a little. Is there a work or something that you saw that made you think, I want to be a cartoonist, that's what I want? Yes. When I discovered the works of Edward Gorey, I was at college in Edinburgh, and at that time I was just making illustrations for other people's texts. And I found some of his books in the college library, and they did just switch a light on in my head, and I thought, I can make, I can make picture stories, I can tell stories with words and pictures, and they don't have to be like anyone else's. They don't have to follow all the rules of comics. What was the first thing that you ever submitted to be published? Well, I began when I left college working as an illustrator, but as well as showing my illustration work, I'd always show people some of my self-published comic books. And so it was Time Out magazine in London asked me, 
I went in to see them about doing some illustration work, but I said I also did comics. And they asked me quite quickly, actually, to do a weekly cartoon for them, which was absolutely terrifying. What was the best advice you ever received from anybody about doing creative work, specifically to writing or to drawing comics or illustrating? I, I think, I, I don't know who said it, but there was somebody who said that writing is just about showing up at the desk. It's a bit of a cliche, but I was thinking about this. I think 90% of making a comic book is just persuading yourself to press on with it, to accept what you've done and make more of it and push on through till the end. How about the worst advice? <laughs> do you ever, were you ever told something about how you should do the work that just felt like, no, that proved to be wrong? Yeah, no, actually, I can think of that straight away. It, um, the Guardian, the newspaper I work for, quite often asks writers for their advice. And quite often my cartoons are related to those, to that advice. And there was a British playwright who said, never write unless you have something important to say, which I just thought, maybe if you're really a confident person full of opinions, that's a great piece of advice. But I think most writers are constantly worried that what they have to say isn't worthwhile. And I think you just have to try saying it and hopefully something will come together. Do you have a fantasy job other than a cartoonist? I don't know. I, I think as a kid I'd have thought being an astronaut would be rather fun, but I, I sort of realized you're sort of being a robot in space. You're kind of doing what you're told all day long, and I'm not sure I'd like that. I, I sometimes fantasize about being a baker. When I was at college, I had a part-time job working in a pie shop, and I really enjoyed that. So maybe if it all gets too much, one day I'll open a bakery. So did you live out any of your astronaut-like fantasies creating Mooncop? Yeah, I think Mooncop was... Quite a lot of it was inspired by childhood fantasies. The, 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 the facts of the space race and technology, which I was kind of excited by as a nerdy kid, and the fiction of things like Star Wars and some of the sci-fi comics I was reading. And in a way, Mooncop is inspired by those childish things and the fact that they are slightly childish, some of those views of space and of um, science kind of plays into the story. And you got to design, create all of those fantastic buildings that populate the moon. Yeah, well I, I want, whenever I make a comic, I want it to be a believable setting. It doesn't have to be realistic, but it needs to, on its own level, be convincing, to have a sort of internal logic. So I spend quite a lot of time thinking about how things would work, and that may not appear in the comic in the forefront, but, but I think the fact that, that that good thinking is under there helps the story. Tom Gold, thank you so much for walking around Cambridge <laughs> and finding a quiet spot. Thank you. Cartoonist and illustrator Tom Gold for the 10-Minute Writers Workshop, a production of NHPR produced by Sarah Plord with help from Maureen McMurray. We're on Facebook at 10-Minute Writers Workshop and on Twitter at 10-Minute Writers. That's the number 10. You can hear more quick bits of encouragement from Kelly Link, Joe Hill, Megan Abbott, and other seasoned writers, and now one cartoonist, when you subscribe to the 10-Minute Writers Workshop on iTunes or Google Play. 
And here's an opportunity for some writing practice. You can leave us a review. It's low stakes for you, but really high stakes for us because it helps others find their way to advice from those who've been there and keep going back day after day after day. We hope you'll come back next time for the 10-Minute Writers Workshop. And thanks. There is a, a statue of John Harvard in the square, and I think it's over there, if I'm remembering correctly, and you're supposed to rub his boot or his nose or something. You'll notice that it's very shiny. Yes, exactly, for, for extra brain power.